seated. Uh, so good to come together and just to sing His praise. There's so many things we can get our eyes and our focus on, but it's so good just to stop, just to, to, to stop doing everything else and just to come together and worship Him. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning, as Sam said, if it's your first time here, we want to welcome you. If it's first time here for a while, we want to welcome you and uh, just really pray that you'll have a, a great time with us this morning. We've been doing a series the last few weeks looking at the book of 2 Timothy, and our series is called Transformed for a Glorious Purpose. You know, God doesn't just want to transform you and leave you sitting in the cupboard he wants you to be transformed and used for a glorious purpose. God is the one who transforms us. He is the one who, who makes us new. And He has done it through Jesus Christ. But we're going to allow ourselves to be continued to transform and continue to be used for His glorious purposes. Amen? Amen. Have you ever had one of those days or maybe one of those weeks or maybe even one of those years where you feel like you've worked really, 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 really hard. You have done everything you could and you get to the end of that day or that week or that year and you go, what a waste of time. You work flat out all day, you do as much as you possibly can and you get to the end of the day and you go, I don't think I achieved anything. Has anyone had one of those days? It's comforting for me to see those hands because I have had those days where you feel like you've worked so hard, but what was the result? What's the fruit? And you just don't know. Maybe you were studying for a test and you studied really, really, really hard. You were a good student and you studied all day, you studied all night, and then you realize at the end of the day, oh no, that was the wrong topic. It's really frustrating, isn't it? But I mean, sure, you learned something maybe and it's going to be helpful. It'll be great. We all just say, yeah, yeah. I remember when I uh, used to work in a certain place and there was a certain period of the time that I worked in that place where it was all about looking busy. You know, I have a problem with just making it a goal to look busy. You know, as a, as a, a former athlete, our, our theory was if you didn't have to be training, um, stop. And if you don't have to be standing up, sit down. And if you don't have to be sitting down, lie down, you don't have to be awake, go to sleep. It's like, just do what you need to do. Don't waste your energy on other things. Anyway, it was this job I had and, and the theory is kind of just look busy. So, without going into detail, because I might incriminate someone in the process, um, <laughs> uh, there was a job where at times it was very quiet. And if, if it was really quiet, your job was to clean things. And it was kind of we worked out amongst the staff that if you worked really, really hard and you cleaned this thing and you cleaned that thing and you cleaned this thing, if you worked really, really hard, it was kind of almost pointless. Because if you finish cleaning that thing, that thing and this thing, do you know what they tell you to do? Go back and clean that first thing again and you're like, I just cleaned it. What's the point? Oh. I mean, I was employed by them. I had every right to be told what to do. And you should be a good worker and do what your boss says. But God help us to have good discussion about things and do things wisely. And uh, I wonder if you've ever asked the question, does this matter? Is there any point to what I'm doing here? This morning, I want to ask that question or try and answer that question a little bit for you. The title of my message this morning is Legacy, Enduring for What Matters Most. 
You know, a legacy is about something that is passed on, maybe from one generation to the next. It's often about possessions or, or finance, that someone leaves a legacy for their family, or they, they leave a legacy for some organization. But I believe God wants us to leave a legacy for generations to come. God wants us to, to not just do stuff and be busy, but to endure for what matters most, that we would leave a legacy for generations to come. That's my prayer this morning as we look at this passage. Let's just pray together now. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here in this place right now, that, Lord, you want to speak to our hearts. God, I just pray that you would speak by your Spirit into every individual's life, into our minds, into our hearts, that you would continue to do your work of transformation, of sanctification by your Holy Spirit in us. God, we thank you that your plans for us are good and pleasing and perfect. We thank you, Lord, that even though at times we can't see the value of the things we're doing, that, Lord, if we do the things you've called us to, it is never a waste. God, I just pray that you would stir us to endure, that we would have a burning desire to continue on in this race that you have set before us, that we would do it, and Lord God, you would use our humble lives to leave a legacy for generations to come, that they might know you, God, that they might know the hope that we have in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you've got your Bibles there, I encourage you to open up to 2 Timothy and chapter 2. And last week, if you remember, we were talking about the dinosaur on this forest. I heard some people saying it like that this week. And if you're thinking, what are you talking about, Andrew? Go and listen to the podcast. I'm not going to try and explain it. He was talking about Onesiphorus, actually I am going to explain it a little bit, uh, who, who went to Rome, who found Paul in jail and he encouraged him. When he felt like everyone had abandoned him, Onesiphorus went and encouraged him. And then we get to chapter 2 and verse 1. It says this, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for they can, then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And the hard-working farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been, cha been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Remind everyone about these things, and if you want to find out what he says next, you have to come next week. There you are. 
Point number one this morning, Paul says to Timothy, be strong in the grace God gives. Timothy, be strong in this grace that God has given you because this is the gospel. This is, this is the hope of the world. What is the grace that God has given us? It is the, the fact that we can be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Grace is his undeserved favor. God's undeserved favor for us is that we can be forgiven, that we can have eternal life with him. Even though we've ignored him, we've all done our own selfish, sinful things, we can be forgiven and have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Be strong in this grace, Timothy. Be strong in this grace that God gives you, church. Don't, don't let it become just a little part of your life. Be strong in this grace that God has given you. Just imagine for a moment that, that the, every person who believed in Jesus Christ, every person who had faith in Him was not strong in the grace of Jesus Christ. Imagine if every person who claimed to be a follower of Jesus, who, who had faith in Him, who, who knew forgiveness and eternal life in Him, but they were strongless, maybe weak. <laughs> If every believer in Jesus Christ was weak and decided to keep their faith personal and didn't tell anyone about their faith in Jesus Christ, if they didn't tell anyone about the grace that they have received in Jesus Christ, imagine what the world would look like in one or two or three generations' time. If not one person was bold and courageous and strong in the grace that God has given, the hope of the world would be gone. Now, I don't believe that God will ever let that happen, but I wonder if it could happen to one. I wonder if it could happen to one or two of us. I wonder if it could happen to 10 of us, or 20 of us, or 100 people, or 10,000 people. I wonder if it's possible for some of God's church to not be strong in the grace that God gives. I think absolutely it is. Paul's encouragement to Timothy to be strong in the grace God gives is because it, it, it's sometimes hard to be strong, to stay strong, to be courageous, to be bold when things around us are really, really difficult. But Paul says to Timothy, and I believe he would want to say to us, be strong in the grace that God has given you because we have been entrusted with this message. You know, you are a carrier of the hope of the world. If you know Jesus Christ is, is your Lord and Saviour, if you know Jesus died for your sin, you are his messenger to this world. And there is no other way for people to have eternal life. There is no other way for people to be forgiven of their sin and have life everlasting, eternally, than to know Jesus Christ. And we have been entrusted with this message. We have a great responsibility, but I want to say it's also a great privilege. It is a privilege to be able to tell people about Jesus. Paul goes on and, and talks about suffering. And actually, Paul goes on to talk about suffering quite a bit. In the letter of 2 Timothy, we see a few times when Paul talks to Timothy about suffering. He says in chapter 1, verse 8, he says, Be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. In chapter 2, verse 3, as we read, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. It's like, yeah, we all get excited about suffering, don't we? It's 
Kind of like that moment I said about who enjoys running up hills. It's like not many people. But you know, I think there's a, there's a, a part of this reality that we can actually have pleasure in. I think there is a, there is a enduring that is, that is not just hard, but can be a joy. I wonder if you um, have ever um, been fishing on a cold, windy, wet beach. Maybe some guys here that have been fishing, and they go down and they, they endure the wind, they endure the storm, they endure the wind sandblasting their legs, they endure the freezing cold, and they endure the fact that they forgot to bring their hot chocolate or the thermos or whatever it is. And they endure it all, but it's a joy to go out and just to fish and to catch those fish for the family and to bring them home and say, look what I caught, or say, I caught nothing, but I did it for you, team. You know, in the Garden of Eden, what did God command Adam and Eve to do? Be fruitful and multiply, okay? That was probably an enjoyable part of the process. <laughs> what else did God say? Let's move on from that. <laughs> tend the garden, let's go there. God said, tend the garden. That was work. There was work to be done. There was, there was work to be done. There was, there was an enduring of some work. And you know, I believe work was a joy to Adam and Eve. I believe as they lived in the garden with God, as they, as they had fellowship with Him, it was a joy to, if you want to put it this way, endure the hardship of work because it wasn't actually a hardship, it was a joy. And God actually wants to transform our lives so much that it would be a joy for us to endure, to tell people about the gospel. I want to be totally honest and say that even this morning, I had to let God transform my thinking. I was a little bit tired this morning. I may have stayed up too late. Too late. Oh, there we go. This is, what I was this is what I was worried about, that I would stay up too late, I'd be too tired, my words would get jumbled, and this morning as I read through my notes before church, and I, as I'm preaching it to myself, I'm going, God, this is hard work. I don't know if I want to do this this morning, God. But as I prayed, as I began to seek God and to say, God, transform my heart, I just began to pray in the Spirit and say, God, have your way in me. You know what, a change from a, I don't want to do this, to, yeah, let's go and preach this, God. And I believe God can do that in your life. When you wake up and you go, oh, I don't want to do this today, God. I don't want to endure suffering, God. That God can turn around and say, God, thank you that I can do this for your glory and for your pleasure. I can live for your glory that others might know you because of me. And Paul goes on and he says, soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, Timothy. And you know what, I think some people might hear that and go, yeah, I like that line. It's like, I'm going to serve Jesus, I'm going to become a preacher, I'm going, to, I'm going to preach and I won't have time to do the dishes, I won't have time to mow the lawn, I'm not going to have any time to do all these civilian duties anymore because I'm going to preach the Word of God. Yeah, forget about these civilian duties, like, let's just go and do the important stuff. But just in case that's you, that's not what he means. That's not what he means at all. If you read through the other passages that, that Paul writes, 
He says about people who, who get saved and they're, they're slaves. He says, stay as you were when you got saved. Stay as you are, stay as you were. Keep serving. Let the love of God be evident through what you're doing. Stay as you are. Do what you were doing. Keep doing it and let the love of God shine out of you wherever you are. And it's not about leaving a, a, the, the things that you might think are boring and mundane and no fun. It's like, have you ever cleaned up the house and then had the kids come home? It's like, sometimes that feels like a, a, a fruitless task. It's not. And the little things we do day by day that we might feel like, what's, is there any point? Is there any purpose? Like, I'm so sick of doing dishes. I'm so sick of doing this. I'm sick, so sick of doing that. It's not about forgetting civilian things. It's about letting the love of God permeate through everything we do and not getting our eyes focused on the other things like other civilians may do. We're called to be soldiers of Christ, to have our eyes set on bringing the message of the gospel to the world, let to, to let the grace of God be our, our, our big thing and not to let our goals be on pleasure and, and just being comfortable and just having the same goals as the rest of the world. In other words, it's don't have the mindset of a civilian who doesn't care about the war going on. Stay focused on what the battle is, Timothy. Don't get tied up in affairs of civilian life. But serve God through everything you do. Just to emphasize that point just a little more, in Mark chapter 7, Jesus speaks to the religious leaders. And he talks about how they carefully or skillfully sidestep God's laws. And instead of honoring their father and mother, they say, oh, sorry, parents, I've given my money away to serve God. I can't care for you. And he says, that is not God's plan. In uh, Isaiah chapter 1, it talks about how God's people are making these sacrifices and doing these things as, as worship to God. And God says to them, I am sick of your offerings. I, I hate your meaningless worship. He says, I cannot stand your, your festivals and these things you're doing. I will not listen to your prayers he says, instead, give up your evil ways, learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, fight for the rights of widows. He says, I don't want your meaningless worship. I don't want your meaningless sacrifices. I want you to love one another. I want you to, to love me and to love those people that I have created. It's not about forgetting the little things. It's about doing those things with the love of God. I can't remember what my next slide is. Point number two. No, not suffering. <laughs> Point number two. Let's live to please our commanding officer, who is Jesus Christ. Let's live to please the one who died for, on the cross for our sin. You know, we have people, industries in this world, spending millions upon millions, even billions of dollars advertising, trying to get their voice in front of you. We have people spending millions of dollars trying to help us decide what we will do with our lives, the way we'll spend our time, our money, and our energy. Every day we are bombarded with messages saying, do this, do this, do this, buy this, become this. Let's not let those voices become our commanding officer. Let's not be swayed by the voices of this world, but let's live with Jesus Christ as our commanding officer.
Let's follow his voice. Let's follow his call for us in our lives. Paul goes on and he says, our athletes can't win the prize unless they follow the rules. Now, yesterday, uh, our family went out and we watched the Melbourne to Warrnambool bike race come through Colac. That was good fun. And, you know, it's a 300-kilometer race. And you get really hungry when you ride 300 kilometers. Actually, I have done that. Anyway, you do get hungry. <laughs> and, but there's certain rules about when you can get food and drinks from the cars. You can't carry it all yourself. And there's certain rules about how you can get your food and drinks in those races. And, and there's certain feed zones where you can pick up your food bags and your, and your drink bottles. And, and you can be past the drink bottle out of the window of the car. But what you can't do is when a car comes up beside you to pass you a drink bottle, is to grab onto that drink bottle and get towed for the next 20 k's. People have tried it, and you get disqualified. You can't win the prize if you don't follow the rules. I want to ask you this morning, whose rules are we living by? Whose rules are we worried about? Are we worried about the rules of this world that says you've got to have this kind of car, you've got to dress this kind of way, you've got to talk like this, live like this, be like this, you've got to accept everyone the way they are and not tell anyone that they're wrong? Whose rules are we living by? Let's live to, to please our commanding officer, Jesus Christ. He is our saviour and our king. He is our God. Let's live to please him and not just the voices in the world around us that would try and get our attention. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, Paul says to the Corinthians, verse 24, says, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, we read that and we go, Paul, pff, he's not going to be disqualified. Are you kidding? Like, this is Paul. But Paul himself says, I train my body, I discipline it to do what it feels like. No, to do what it should. I don't want to just preach the gospel. I, just want to, I don't want to just tell people about the love of God. I want to live the love of God. Paul's saying, I don't just want to stay the same as I am today. I want to continue being sanctified and transformed for the glory of God. And as he says at the start of 2 Timothy 2, be strong in the grace that God gives. Train yourself. Grow in this. And he says, teach others who will pass on to others. Teach others the gospel. Pass this message on, Timothy, to others who will teach others the gospel. You know, we all, if you know Jesus as your saviour, have that command. To be disciples who make disciples. And I want to encourage you, if you want to find a way to do that, join a life group. Join a life group and, and sit and talk about God's word with one another. And as you talk about the things that God's revealing to you, you can encourage others in the things that you've learned. You can be encouraged and encourage others. And you know what? I want to say, I believe in five years' time, none of our life groups will exist. That got your attention. You're like, what is he talking about? 
I don't think they'll exist as they are because I believe God wants to train us, He wants to grow us, He wants to teach us and that our, our life groups would just be like greenhouses for growth that then we would go out and start more life groups. And God wants to train you, He wants to raise you up, He wants to release you as a, tr- a teacher of His Word to others. You may feel like, I don't, I don't know much, Andrew, but you can teach what you know. You can teach what you do know and you can grow in what you don't know. And then you can teach that to others. You know, as a, a former athlete, I had a, a weights coach in Melbourne and I used to go down and he'd write up a program for me and uh, I, f- I found some of those programs recently and I was reading them and going, huh, I used to be able to do that. And you know, as I was thinking about training as an athlete, I, I wanted to, my, my body to be transformed. I was aiming to be a sprinter and you look at those Olympic sprinters, they've got legs like basketballs or bigger. And I remember the first time I raced in Melbourne and, and those couple of those guys were there and you, you see their legs, it's like they've got walking tree trunks. I'm like, my goodness, I want to have legs like that. Anyway, <laughs> So I, tra- I trained my body, I disciplined myself like an athlete to see my body transformed for a different purpose. And God wants us to train our, our, ourselves, our lives, to become enabled to do something different. And you know, as I look through those programs, it wasn't that I learned to do something that I couldn't do already, but I learned to endure something that I could not previously endure and, and learn to be able to continue on when I otherwise would have given up. And as you saw, the, the, the weight increments grow, it, it, it just expanded when you teach your body to endure when you otherwise would give up. God wants us to train ourselves to endure for the glory of God, that the grace of God would be known. He says about the hardworking farmer that they should be the first to enjoy the fruits of their labor. And you know, if you, if you train yourself in the gospel, if you grow in your knowledge of God, if you spend time in His Word, if you spend time in prayer, and you grow and you train yourself, you know what, you will be the first to enjoy the fruits of your labor. How can you not be blessed as you spend time with God? As you get to know God's Word and understand His faithfulness, His love, His grace, His mercy. It's not just so you can tell someone about, else about it. You will be blessed. You will begin to know the, the, the joy of the Spirit, the, the, the love of God, the grace of God, even greater than you've ever known. You will be blessed, and your family will be blessed. Our church will be blessed. Our community will be blessed. The world will be blessed as we continue to sow the seeds of righteousness and of growing in the gospel for his glory. Paul says in verse 8, he says, Never forget, actually he says, always remember, Never forget, always remember, Jesus died, but now he is alive. Jesus died, but now he is alive. He kind of just throws that in there. It's kind of out of the blue, but I think he's kind of trying to remind us that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible. Jesus has won the battle. He's won the victory. Death is defeated. There may be challenges, there may be hardships, there may be suffering, there may be enduring through difficult things, but the victory is ours through Jesus Christ. Let's be strong in this grace. Let's know it is true. 
Jesus died, but he is alive, and we will have life with him for eternity if we continue on with him. In verse 9, Paul says, The word of God cannot be chained. In other words, it has been done. Jesus has done it all. He cannot be stopped. He cannot be, his plans cannot be thwarted. Jesus has won the victory. The word of God has broken every chain that binds us. We've just got to reckon it to be true. We've got to know it to be true and trust him to see it outworked. Verse 20 says, So I will endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory to those God has chosen. Paul says, I will endure anything if it will bring salvation to others. That is a big call. Are you ready? Are you willing to endure anything that others would know Christ? I say, God help me in that one. I will endure anything if it will bring others to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God help me to be ready for anything. To endure that he might be known. That the grace of God may be known in this world. In this city of Colac. That the grace of God would be known. Church, let's endure Let's choose to endure for what matters most. That the, the legacy of the gospel would be passed on. I praise God that on Friday night we had about 60 young people here between Kids Inc. and youth hearing about the love of Jesus. So many kids that don't go to church and yet they're coming, they're hearing about the love of Jesus. And I thank God for every person who serves in those teams and those who, who serve in other teams to be able to enable that team to do that what they do. And mops who, who bring in families and parents that they could hear about Jesus and hear about Kids Inc. and hear about youth. And praise God, there is a generation rising up that are hearing about Jesus Christ. That is exciting. And I think if there's 60 young people here at the moment, that they sort of go through, it takes 12 years to get through school. And then there's another generation goes up, maybe there'll be 100 of them. And then maybe after they go through, there'll be another 150 come through. And who knows how many people God can reach in this city. I know how many people he wants to know him. Let's choose to endure for what matters most, that a legacy would be left for generations to come. Paul says, if we die with him, we will also live with him. Have you laid down your life? Have you given up your life and said, God, I am sorry for my sin? I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sin, and God, I give you my life. I lay down my life. It's no longer I that live, it's Christ that lives in me. The Bible says if we die with him, we will also live with him. It also says if we try and hold on to our life for ourselves, we will lose it. It will slip away like sand through our fingers. Have you laid down your life? Have you surrendered to him? He says if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. You know, there is a reward in heaven for every person who endures through hardship. There is a reward in heaven for those who endure and, and, and carry on in the gospel and, and tell others about the gospel. He says, if we deny him, he will deny us. We cannot go on forever denying who he is, ignoring who he is, not acknowledging who he is, and then expect to receive salvation on the day of judgment. There is a day of judgment coming, and if we choose to deny him forever, he will deny us on that day. 
You may have denied him your whole life, but don't continue to deny him today. Acknowledge that he is God and you are not. I am not, but he is God and he deserves our praise. And then he says this, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. I'm so glad he said that next. Because you know what? I think I've denied him at times. I think we've all denied him at times. But it's not about whether we've, we've messed up. It's not about whether we, we've struggled at times. Because although we may be unfaithful at times, God remains faithful. We, yeah, we, we trip up. We, we aren't loving like we intended to be. We, we don't honor God the way we know he deserves to be honored. But he remains faithful. If we have acknowledged our sin... If our heart is truly to live for his glory, if our heart is truly to, to let him be glorified through our life, even though we struggle, he is always faithful. I want to encourage you today, if that is you, if you have felt unworthy, if you have felt like you've failed, you've denied him, and he's going to deny you, just turn back to him again. Acknowledge that he remains faithful. He will not turn you away, and He loves you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's choose to endure for what matters most. I wonder, in your life, if there was one more person that you could tell about Jesus. If there is one more person that you could tell about Jesus. Who knows how many days we have. If there was one more person, one more opportunity, we would be ready Will we be ready when that person comes along today, tomorrow, next week? I remember hearing a story about a guy who used to just pray, God, let there be one more for Jesus. Let there be one more for Jesus. And church, I want to encourage you to make that your prayer this week. Lord God, let there be one more I can tell about Jesus this week. Let there be one more I can, I can show God's love to this week. I wonder if there's someone coming to your mind even now that, Lord, help me tell that person about you this week, Jesus. Let there be one more. Let that legacy be passed on to one more this week, Lord. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, let that person know your love, your grace, your mercy, and your forgiveness, Lord. Let's just pray together now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just thank you that, Lord Jesus, you were willing to endure the cross you were willing to endure at all so that we could come before your throne, washed and clean and holy in your sight. Lord Jesus, that you were willing to leave the comfort of heaven to be mocked, accused and whipped and beaten. And you did it all so that we could know you, that we could know your love, your grace and your mercy. And God, I just pray that you would stir us, that you would draw us, Lord, to just come and, and, just, and just worship you, Lord, day by day, that we would enjoy, we would know your love for us, God. But Lord, also I pray that we would not be like those ones who just, just worship and bring sacrifices that mean nothing to you, God that we would be transformed, that we would train and discipline ourselves to do the things that you're calling us to do in this life, Lord. 
that, Lord God, you would use us to help the world around us know your love. That, Lord God, through this church, through your people here at CFC, Lord God, that you would create a legacy for generations to come, that the world would know your love, that the love of God would ring out from this place, across Colac, across this district, Lord, throughout this state, around the world, that, Lord, the love of God might be more known. Because, Lord, we were strong in the grace of Jesus Christ. Lord God, I just pray you would strengthen us, that you would help us this week. Lord, give us eyes to see the people that you put in our path. Lord, give us boldness and courage to tell people about the hope that we have in you. And Lord God, we just want to say thank you for your amazing plans that you would choose to use us. And Lord, I just pray that it would be a joy to us. It would be such a joy, not a burden, but a joy to give our lives, to be fully surrendered to you, Lord, and used for your glory, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.